Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Zen nicotine products are only for adults 21 plus who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Are you ready for a fresh start? And we mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the Zen 10 challenge and switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths, Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zen 10 Challenge today at zen.com slash 10. That's Z-Y-N dot com slash 10. Ford Motor Company is committed to moving forward together with new all-electric vehicles that offer an efficient and exhilarating driving experience. Ford is going above and beyond to not only create the smartest, most connected EVs and technology, but to make sure that customers are well-educated on how to move forward with electric energy. Ford customers will also have easy and simple access to charge, whether you charge at home with the overnight plug-in Ford mobile charger or on the road. Journey into the future with Ford's lineup of electric vehicles with many affordable options to choose from. Head over to Ford.com to learn more. Built Ford Proud. At Carvana, we're in the business of driving you happy. And with the widest selection of used cars under $20,000, you're bound to find a car that'll put a smile on your face. Carvana gives you control by letting you customize your down and monthly payments. You can browse tens of thousands of cars online to find one within your budget, and you won't get surprised with any bogus fees. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to shop for a vehicle. Carvana, we'll drive you happy. Availability may vary by market. Oh, gee. Make some noise! Hey, this is Mara Schiavocampo. You may know me from television as a reporter for shows like Dr. Oz and Good Morning America. But this podcast isn't about any of that. A few years ago, I started a major life transformation, losing 90 pounds and gaining a new understanding of how the mind, body, and spirit work together. That's what this is about. Your best life, Elevated. Well, here's a total buzzkill. Sorry, guys. Alcohol is one of the biggest diet busters. You can be doing everything right, but if you're overdoing it at the bar, you can be undoing all of your progress. But if you drink smart, you can still enjoy some of your favorite cocktails without sacrificing your fit goals. On today's Elevated, registered dietitian and owner of Maya Feller Nutrition, Maya Feller is here with some guidance on the healthiest ways to drink. Maya, welcome. Hey, Mara. Thanks for being back. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so when I was um, really in the midst of like losing my weight, like steadily losing it, um, I would find that if I started to drink, you know, if I would have a couple glasses of wine after dinner, I was hanging out with friends, all of a sudden everything would come to a screeching halt. And then I would have to work so much harder to kind of get my body back on track. But I never knew why. I just knew that if I wanted to keep losing, I had to stop drinking. Why does alcohol interfere with your weight loss? There are so many reasons, like many, many, many factors. Number one, alcohol actually has energy, right? It's got calories. When we think about that, people think it's like a free drink. You know what I mean? Like it's not going to play a part in their overall diet. Absolutely not true. It does. It is also empty calories. No nutrition comes along with those calories. So when we think about carbohydrates and protein, they're at four calories per gram. Fat is nine. Alcohol is seven. 
So I often tell my patients, when you sit down and you have those couple glasses of wine and you think nothing of it, it's actually playing a significant portion into your overall nutrition profile of your day. So you mentioned the calories per gram of of fats and protein. What category does alcohol fall under? Is it a carb? So (laughs) alcohol does get broken down and metabolized as sugar, right? Let's say you eat a meal your body will actually metabolize that meal first, and then the alcohol will get metabolized after. Depending on how much you've had and how, you know, energy rich the meal is, portion of the meal can go into fat storage along with the alcohol. So the meal gets processed first. Exactly. Even if you were to drink the alcohol first? Absolutely. Why? So it's it's not necessarily it's actually really complicated and <laughs> it's actually not so straightforward and you know the mechanisms are not 100% understood but it's really about the fact that alcohol it's not giving you any nutrition right so it's just a calorie it's not like you're burning it off so it goes to the back of the line right your food gets metabolized first exactly and then assuming that you're not like some kind of triathlete it whatever's left over in the meal is going to get stored as fat as well as the cocktail so here's the thing is most of us don't actually sit down and eat with our bellies in our head right some people overeat some people undereat most of us are not really moderate eaters oftentimes we eat past the you know, point of being comfortable. And then we also drink past the point of being comfortable. Well, that depends on your definition of comfort. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. After a couple of drinks, I'm feeling real comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. I'll give you that. But that that's a good point, right? So after a couple of drinks, but if we look at guidelines, right, the recommendation is really one drink per day for women and two for men. Okay, so I do want to get to those guidelines and those recommendations, but I want to understand the the what what is happening in your body a little bit better. So, so you're saying that your body treats it as sugar, then? So for the your, most part, for the most part, your body is looking at it as a non-nutritive carbohydrate. Non-nutritive carbohydrate. Right. That sounds like the worst classification of food I have ever heard of. Non-nutritive carbohydrate. Right. So it's giving you nothing. It's in terms giving of nutrition. you nothing. No, there's no nutrition in alcohol. Could you survive on alcohol if you were stranded on a like a deserted island? <laughs> I wish everyone could see would my you, face would right you now. Die? Well, there's no no nutrition. <laughs> yeah, there's no no. You cannot survive on alcohol. You would alone. die. You would absolutely die. Interesting. I mean, it's not hydrating. It's not giving you any uh, nutrition. It's it's really going to end up being stored in your liver as fat over time. If you were drinking alcohol and only alcohol alone, you would have you know fatty liver disease. Wow, that gives me a whole new perspective. Because especially with with wine, I almost think of it as like it's like fruit, kind of. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> it, it it is. Yes, absolutely. It's fermented grapes, right? But I would never tell anyone to sustain themselves on alcohol alone. Right. I'm not suggesting that. <laughs> I just I'm surprised to hear that even in a dire circumstance, it would not keep you alive. It no. really is useless. Yes. It. I mean, well, let's not say it's useless. Right. But I mean, you know, for those that partake. There are some properties and there are some things that can be healthy and helpful about it. But from a nutritional standpoint, it's useless. That's correct. 
So does your body treat it any differently than other sugars? So if I'm eating a candy bar versus a glass of wine, or is it all the same once it's in my body? You know, that's such a great question. So when you eat a candy bar, right, it depends on what the components of the candy bar are. For the most part, that's going to give you like a jolt of sugar. And there may be some other components that come along with it. Let's say there are nuts or something in it, right? You might get a little bit of protein in it. But yeah, for the I love mo- how the candy bars now will say like 10 grams of protein. And right. I'm like, yeah, and like 20 grams of fat and how many grams of sugar and exactly. sodium and marketing. Completely marketing. But alcohol, you know, on its own, I would say it's going to give you a sugar spike. You might feel good with it. But then, you know, there are addictive properties that come along with it um, and some risks. There are a couple of benefits that we'll talk about. But, you know, it is just going to give you like a little bit of a sugar spike and some, you know, empty calories. So then why does that disrupt your diet? So it seems to me that that was disrupting my efforts to lose weight more than an indulgence like candy or like a sweet. Was that just in my head or does it have a unique effect on your body? So there are a couple of things to think about, right? When you eat, generally it takes about 20 minutes for your gut to signal your brain that you've eaten something, a candy bar, an actual meal for your body to say, oh, I've had some food. Alcohol is a liquid. It's going directly in. Liquids don't work the same way. It's not like your brain is going to say, oh, you know what? 20 minutes ago, I had four glasses of wine. I think I've had enough. It's just a liquid. You can keep putting it in and you can have more and more and more. Another thing about alcohol is it kind of lowers your inhibition around your intentional food eating patterns. So that two glasses of wine that you have, you feel nice and you feel good. And then you're like, hey, no problem. Let me YOLO. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Let me get a little bit more, you know. So there's that as well. And then the other part is that Alcohol, because there are calories and we can't deny that, that's on top of what you're eating. So if you're following a fairly planned out schedule for your meals and then you have alcohol on top of it, it's a discretionary calorie. Right. So um, it's interesting because that the, the lowering of the inhibitions I found was a huge problem. Oh, yeah. You know, in addition to just the, the, the it seemed the physiological response is that, you know, after a couple of drinks, you are happy in many cases. And you're like, well, why shouldn't I have the cheesy bread? Because I'm only living once. And, right. you know, I work hard and I deserve it. And then in the morning you wake up and you've blown your, your whole week's worth of efforts. Aside from weight loss, are there any other consequences of, of drinking that you might want to avoid? Absolutely. So for people who have trouble with their blood pressure, alcohol can actually increase your blood pressure um, and it can put you more at risk for hypertension. Certain cancers, it can exacerbate pre-existing conditions. I mean, the truth around alcohol is because it is a toxin, you know, uh, it is a toxin. It is a toxin in the body. What's the definition of a toxin? (laughs) Oh, I would have to Google the exact definition of a toxin. But I would say when we think about it from the nutrition perspective, it's something in your body that is not helpful or necessary and that actually adds stress to your organs. Right. Interesting. So that's why we say they're guidelines. This is not something that we want you to consume on a regular basis. Right. Cigarettes. It's the same thing. Drugs, controlled substances, alcohol falls in that category. I don't want to be like a downer and a buzzkill, but I am saying that when we use it in excess, it can be really detrimental. Well, I think, again, this goes back to marketing and money, because I think there's been a lot of money and time spent on convincing people that, you know, 
alcohol is this friendly, benign thing. And in the wrong cases, in the wrong use, that's not that's not always the case. Absolutely. I've heard of so many people where they're like, oh, you know what? I'm going to skip this so that I can have my wine or I'm just going to exercise a little bit more so that I can have that. And that's really dangerous behavior. Right. Because we're not trying to tell you that you can't have alcohol. What we're saying is have it in a mindful way. Have it in the context of your overall day instead of like using it as something that you shift and you play around with. What's so funny to me is when I talk to people about the changes that I made to to lose the weight, um, they don't bat an eyelash at anything until I say that I stopped drinking wine. Right. And then it's like everybody clutches their pearls and recoils in horror. They're like, right. wait a minute, you right. don't drink wine? We right. could never be friends. Right. Um, but I did give up wine completely. And once I gave it up, I really stopped wanting it. Right. But that for me was a big problem because you can drink half a bottle so fast and so easily. Yeah. And the effect, I was like, this is like eating like two or three candy bars. Right. I'm working so hard all week and I'm blowing it in yeah. one night. It just wasn't wasn't worth it. Um, so when you're talking about the kinds of alcohol, so I do still drink. Yeah. I stick to clear liquor. Okay. That's my rule. Okay. And I drink it straight. Okay. Because for me, that's like a speed bump. Yeah. I'm not going to down a glass of vodka. It's right. going to take me 30, 45 minutes, an hour to drink those two ounces. Right. Are there smarter choices from a caloric and carb perspective? Absolutely. For sure. So your tip of, you know, having vodka is absolutely smart. So like brandy, tequila, vodka, whiskey, they have about a hundred calories in one and a half ounces. And gin has 110 calories in one and a half ounces. That is a better choice. Like if you have a Long Island iced tea, which is a mixed drink, that's about 780 calories. Stop it. Yeah. In one? In one <gasps> Long Island iced tea. A margarita could be 740 calories and up. Wow. The reason is because all of these mixers usually have added sugars and then there's stabilizers as well as preservatives. Sometimes they have added shots of caffeine. So you're not not just getting that tequila or the gin alone, you're getting all these other additives along with it. But when you're talking about the mixers, so, yeah. so one of the reasons I stay away from the mixers is because it's just empty calories that I'm adding. Absolutely. But I also feel like then I feel even worse, like the effects of the alcohol are compounded. Absolutely. The next morning, I feel much worse than I would have had I just drank the alcohol straight. Why is that? What what are the mixers doing when you mix them with alcohol? So the sugar in some of those margarita and Long Island iced teas, I mean, sugar just gives you a glucose spike, like one, two, three, right up. And you're having it with the alcohol and it's a tough combination on your body, right? Because sugar is addictive for most people and alcohol can be addictive for most people. They both feel good going in, right? It's activating the pleasure center. You want more. And it's very unlikely that you're having one of those mixed sugary drinks. Maybe you're going to have two and it's really heavy duty. I mean, it's like a energy bomb to the body with sugar and calories and all the other preservatives and stabilizers that are in there, as opposed to sitting down and having, I mean, even a glass of wine um, or just, you know, gin or whiskey with a soda or something. But from a calorie perspective, what's the what are the calories in wine? Typically speaking. So typically speaking, a glass of wine, we're looking, you know, depending on who's pouring and where you are, 
because, you know, there's a different pour when you're in a restaurant versus right. in your home, yeah. right? When you're home, you just get a straw and put it directly in the bottle. Right? <laughs> really right. And then you're like, there's my 1300 calories <laughs> in the bottle. Uh, so, you know, a glass could be anywhere from like, I'd say 110 to 150 calories. For a glass. Yeah, for a glass of wine. Okay. And I know, you know what, before I did bad mouth all alcohol saying that it's terrible, terrible, you know, wine does actually have polyphenols in it, which is why people do say it is the healthier choice. But there are other ways to get your polyphenols. Well, and I want to talk about the benefits. <laughs> I want to be fair. First of all, I'm Italian. So yeah. If I if I badmouth wine too much, my countrymen are going to come here and yank me by the neck. <laughs> Don't <laughs> sit down and shut up. Um, so I have to be conscious of that. And also, you know, I just had a brain surgeon here last mm-hmm. week. I was so impressed oh, sitting wow. across from a brain surgeon. What did he say? Yeah. He said, drink two glasses of red wine a day. Yeah. So see, notice, notice that. Say it one more time. He said, drink two glasses of red wine a day. He said two, right? You see, so there's a parameter on that. Right. I can get behind that. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) And we got to have some fun. Um, So I don't want to be too critical of, of wine, but I find that it's too easy to drink too much. Right. Because that one glass you mentioned, 150 calories, I can drink three. Right. If I'm watching a Kardashians marathon on E!, I can do that before the first commercial break. It's just too easy to drink too much. Right. That was always the problem yeah. that I found. So why does wine sometimes make us feel really lousy? So you know how we spend all this time sourcing organic food because we're looking for food that's free from pesticides and extra added fillers. A lot of conventional wines that are not organic or sustainable actually have those same types of fillers and stabilizers in them. And sometimes you're actually having a reaction to the filler or the additive in the wine, not the fermented grape itself. So it's the equivalent of preservatives. Absolutely. So you should be looking for organic wine? So I actually have switched over to, if people are going to drink, say, yes, it's worth it to actually look for an organic wine or look for a winemaker who's not using so many of those preservatives. So what are some healthier options for mixers then if we don't want to load up with sugar? Right. So I like just plain, you know, club soda or seltzer water. I know it's not sexy. It sounds boring. But look, you know what you're getting. It's literally carbonated water with nothing added to it. And that's kind of the key is that you have to be a conscious drinker. You know what I mean? And too often, just like with food, we are unconscious about what we put in our mouths. And so I love this idea. Yes, have two glasses of red wine a day. Or if you'd like to have a mixed drink, have a gin with, you know, soda or have, you know, maybe something else. And you put a little fruit in there. You could put lemon. You could put lime. I mean, I'll say one of the things that I absolutely have loved in the past is a caipirinha without the sugar. And so ba- what's in that? So basically, it is like a white liquor, and I'll you know I'll choose whatever they have, and then I'll put just lime juice in it, and I love it. So it would be say like what a light rum or a gin, exactly. You mix it with some lime juice. Yeah, and a little bit of soda water. Okay, and you know you keep it moving. I mean, I think that that's fantastic. You taste the flavors, and you're able to sit and savor and say, "Wow, this is actually tasty." Yeah. That sounds delicious. I'm going to make that, put that recipe up. I think people will like that. Yeah. I actually put a little tiny bit of Splenda in oh, when okay. I do that too. Just because if I'm going to do a, a quote unquote mixed drink, yeah. I do want it to be a little sweet. But then diet sodas are a problem too, right? Look, I don't love diet sodas. And the reason I don't love diet sodas is because there's all this research around what actually happens because they're so sweet. There's some question as to whether or not you drink the diet soda and it makes you crave more sugary things right. later down the line. It also seems to be an endocrine disruptor. Yeah, I don't love diet sodas. So you would not recommend that, like a diet, well, I don't want to say any brand name, Yeah, diet soda and rum 
or I mean, so here's the thing. Let's be real. If someone was sitting across from me and they were in my office and they were like, I absolutely need to have a diet soda with rum. Otherwise, I'm not drinking anything at all or there's a no go. I'd say, all right, fine. You know, let's work with you where you are. If you're talking about me and the recommendations that I would make, I would just say skip the diet soda altogether. All right. And just just go with something. something but I else. know that that's not realistic for everyone. Right. Right. Um, what about the benefits? So now let's let's give a little bit of love to uh, the cocktails. So okay. what are the benefits of drinking? Well, I saw the funniest thing the other day. Someone said, you know, um, you know, some alcohols are made out of potatoes. So basically it's potato juice. I mean, I almost I couldn't. I couldn't. I was well, like, that's my theory about wine and champagne, right? I'm like, it's like a juice fast. I'm juicing. <laughs> I know, exactly. So some of the benefits are specifically with wine because of the polyphenols in there. They're thought to be cardioprotective. Um I will say we're talking about wine, but I have to give a plug for just grapes in general and say that you can get them from having grapes. You don't have to ferment them to get the alcohol. Oh. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you know the milk industry says calcium. And I'm like, well, but isn't there calcium and lots of other stuff? Exactly. Too? No, please don't sue me, milk industry. Right. But, like, <laughs> I know, right? Don't come, just, don't come. <laughs> I do not want to get in a fight with the dairy industry. That's for sure. That's the truth. But it's not the only source of calcium. But right. and marketing. Right, exactly. And so, you know, Wine has been thought to be cardioprotective. When you have one or two glasses of wine and you follow the recommendations, it actually does. There's a J-shaped curve with alcohol, right? And what does that mean? J-shaped, okay. Right? So it means those two glasses can be protective. Having absolutely none, you don't have any protection because you're not drinking it. And then it goes up and it becomes risky when you go over the two. When you have too many. Exactly. So then what are the recommendations for, you know, well, you tell me the recommendations. And I'll tell you a question <laughs> I asked a cardiologist recently. It did not go over well. Okay. What are the recommendations? So the recommendations are if you do not drink, right, you don't need to start because you can get all the benefits from eating fruits, vegetables, whole grains, right? Okay. If you do drink, do so in moderation, and you're really looking at one drink per day for women and two drinks per day for men. That does not mean on Saturday or Sunday you could save up and be all, let me have my five from the week. Well, that's what I asked, <laughs> and she <laughs> did not receive that well. Yeah. She said, no, you cannot go out and drink seven drinks exactly. on a Saturday night. But I'm thinking, you know, you kind of save it up. You work hard, I work hard, play hard. Doesn't work that way? <laughs> no, no, that's a J-shaped curve, right? So if you're having too many at one time. Exactly. All right. Because you want to think about how it's metabolized, right? So alcohol truly will be metabolized differently in each person based on your age, your sex, your physical activity level, your overall nutrition. So one of the things that we know is like, let's say you drink on an empty stomach, it goes right to your head, like directly. However, if you've had a meal, you're going to absorb it more slowly. Are there any good choices of food to pair with your drinking? So so what should you be eating ideally if you're going to be drinking all night? So you know me, I'm always going to say a wonderful balanced meal. Right. Right? Like I'm really going to say Eat the rainbow. Ex- eat the <laughs> rainbow and really sit down and have something that's based in plants, right? You're going to want to see different colors on your plate 
And if you're going to have carbohydrates, I have no problem with carbohydrates. You could have a whole grain. You could choose to have a legume or a bean. You can also have a starchy vegetable, right? And if you want to have animal protein, I'm going to ask that it's not fried and dripped in sauce. Damn it, Maya. I know. I know. No, it's all about the moderation. No, I'm just you know, <laughs> I'm teasing you. But I'm a, you know, somebody, I get I get these questions on Instagram, which I love. Yeah. They always ask me questions about my health and fitness journey. And someone asked me, do you still struggle around food? I And I had to laugh because, like, I don't, people think that I, like, I never want the terrible, like, I right. want deep fried Oreos. I want fried chicken yeah. dr- drenched in barbecue sauce. I want all of those things. But we have to make the choices. Right. And the thing is that this is really about what you're doing the majority of the time. Right. right. So this is like your 90 percent. Right. Because the thing is that life does happen. Mm-hmm. You do need to live your best life. Yes. Right. So we're not that. saying to cut it all out. But we're just saying be cognizant because yeah. you can't be drunk every day. No, not every day. You got you to <laughs> save it up. You have to make it really worth it. Maya, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Mara. And where can people find you on social media? What projects do you have in the works? Tell, tell me all about it. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so stay tuned. You can follow me on Insta at Maya Feller RD. Um, Facebook, Maya Feller Nutrition. Twitter, Maya Feller RD. All right. Thanks, Maya. Thanks, Mara. New episodes of Elevated drop on Mondays. Please subscribe and review. In the meantime, send me questions, ideas, or feedback. I'm on all social platforms as Mara Scampo. And use the hashtag Elevated Podcast. Ford Motor Company is committed to moving forward together with all new electric vehicles that offer an efficient and exhilarating driving experience. Don't be the last to join us on the road of new electric vehicles as we redefine what electric can do. Ford is going above and beyond to not only create the smartest, most connected EVs and technology, but to also make sure that customers are well-educated on how to move forward with electric energy. Some benefits of driving an all-electric vehicle include saving money annually on gas and zero vehicle emissions. Ford customers will also have easy and simple access to charge, whether you charge at home with an overnight plug-in Ford mobile charger or on the road at one of the 19,500 charging stations of the Blue Oval Charge Network. So journey into the future with Ford's lineup of electric vehicles with many affordable options to choose from. Head on over to Ford.com to learn more. Built Ford Proud. Paralegals are highly essential from law firms and courtrooms to insurance, real estate, HR, and more. If a paralegal career or law school is in your future, Stevenson University Online's Bachelor's in Legal Studies will help you achieve your goals affordably with no application fee. 100% online, approved by the American Bar Association with new online sessions starting every eight weeks. Get started today. Visit stevenson.edu slash paralegal. Legal professionals know that e-discovery can be painful when using slow software that just hasn't kept up with the times. Everlaw transforms e-discovery so you can find what matters more quickly, more reliably, and more effectively. That's why Amlaw 200 firms, Fortune 500 corporations, and top federal and state agencies trust Everlaw. Legal professionals deserve great technology. Find it in Everlaw. Book your demo today at everlaw.com. That's everlaw.com.